Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today I hope we have a rather short but important update for you on the state of affairs in Activision Blizzard. If you've been following along with us, you know as part of this series, we had been covering a fairly technical but important dispute between California and their Department of Fair Employment and Housing and Activision on whether or not the lawyers at that Department of Fair Employment and Housing were actually legally conflicted from performing the investigation that they had done on Activision and, of course, bringing the litigation they had done on Activision because of work they had previously performed, those lawyers, for the federal agency, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And, of course, that all arose because the EEOC was upset that California tried to intervene in its own settlement with Activision. And as I've mentioned as part of the series, that always seemed to lay the groundwork for Activision to potentially contest the lawsuit here from California, or at least the manner in which it was brought. Well, as of last Friday, we got an answer to the preliminary question of whether or not Activision Blizzard would win on a motion to pause things, to stay the proceedings in legal parlance, and they did not. But before we get into the substance there, I do want to call out the fact that this is a Patreon-supported channel. We do a lot of research here, a lot of talking about issues that I think you care about if you clicked on this thumbnail, if you've otherwise been a visitor to virtual legality. And we could not do it without viewers and subscribers and patrons just like you. For the month of October, we have four primary patrons at the tier that gets your name read out by me on a video like this one, Tavern Keeper. Dragon Girl, Falcus Vipus, and Nord, who have been sponsors of the channel for a good couple of months now. I am very, very appreciative of their efforts. If you would like to contribute to the channel, please consider doing so. But with that, as the sales pitch, we find out in terms of substance, well, a lot of people don't know where things go from here. This was originally brought to my attention both by very ardent DMers in my Twitter and on social media, but also in general by Games Industry Biz, who pointed out that this filing was made at about noon on Friday of last week, and they entitled it, Court Refuses Activision Request to Pause DFEH Suit Over Alleged Ethics Violations. Request denied less than a week after it was filed, and there's a reason for that, which we'll talk about. Judge did not elaborate on reasoning, and that's an understatement. But as Games Industry reports here, Law 360, which found this filing last Friday, said that Judge Timothy Patrick Dillon denied the application within less than a week. The DFEH submitted an opposition to Activision's request the day after it was filed, and in a statement following Dillon's decision, the department said Activision Blizzard's request was baseless and that it looks forward to prosecuting the state's enforcement action on the merits. This was then picked up. In other video games outlets, I was particularly linked to this Eurogamer one, which basically said the same thing. Again, highlighting this less than a week concept. If you go to the LA Courts website, which is what I use to go and pay for Los Angeles to give me documents, you see just about the same bit of material here. 1022, 9 a.m., that's noon to us on the East Coast. Motion denied. And fortunately, because the LA court system does give you one free page, usually the cover page for one of these documents, but this motion was in fact denied in only one page, we can show you exactly what everybody's reacting to, which is the following. The matter is called for hearing. 
ex parte application is heard and argued as fully reflected in the notes, the official court reporter, which we don't actually get on the filed documents, and the ex parte application to stay the case for the purpose of limited discovery into alleged ethics violations by counsel for plaintiff and a potential motion to disqualify filed by Activision Publishing Inc., Blizzard Entertainment Inc., Activision Blizzard Inc. on October 19th, 2021. Title just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Is denied. And that's literally what everybody's responding to. And the reason I wanted to make a video about this was, one, we've covered it now in substance in a number of videos. I think it's worthwhile to just update folks in this space so that they know that this was denied at this point in the proceedings. But also to point out that these titles and the DFEH's response is maybe a little stronger than is warranted. So you get court refuses Activision request to pause. They did. You get a Eurogamer a headline that says, Judge Rejects Activision Blizzard's Attempt to Pause. Also accurate. These headlines aren't wrong, but it's worthwhile to know what exactly was rejected. And it's all in that ridiculously tongue-tying title here. It's an ex parte application. If you aren't familiar with that term, ex parte basically means emergency. Ex parte Latin, without the other party, is the way to file a motion that says, hey, Judge, we need to answer this question right quick. We don't even need to wait for the other side to talk on this issue. And because of that need for emergency treatment, you should judge on it right away. So when Games Industry Biz and Eurogamer points out all these things about how quickly this happened, both sides requested this quickness. You may recall that Activision actually owed a document on October 22nd. Their response to the claims made against them by the state of California, we'll talk about that again in just a minute as we get to the end of this video. And obviously, as you can see from this list of proceedings held, if you looked at the list of the documents filed, we don't have that document from Activision Blizzard. They haven't responded to this. And the reason they haven't is presumably behind the scenes, the judge gave a short extension to this filing, but also because Activision's main complaint here was that if the lawyers at the Department of Fair Employment and Housing are conflicted, if there is an ethics problem with the way they are bringing their complaint against Activision Blizzard, then it's the kind of thing that the court should step in front of because, hey, they're the opposition. We shouldn't have to file a document, an answer or a demurrer, which we think is coming and more on that in just a second. If the other side is tainted, is compromised in some fashion under the law. So they said, judge, it has to be ex parte. We owe a document within a week. We need to get this handled right quick. And so as an ex parte motion, things happen very fast. And this isn't the first time that the court has done this. You could see on September 1st, hearing on ex parte application for an order to extend defendant's deadline to file objection, motion denied. These things happen very quickly in relation to when they are filed. In fact, the court has dealt with an ex parte on September 1st, an ex parte on October 20th, and now an ex parte on October 22nd. And you don't get anything in terms of understanding just from these emergency motions getting filed and denied. Why is that? Well, as it turns out, the Department of Fair Employment and Housing actually made this clear. If you look at how they opposed this particular motion, the very first thing they argued, usually the strongest argument that counsel can make is that an ex parte application is not appropriate because it's a non-emergency situation. Now they call Activision some names. They say this is of their own making, but they point out a few things. One of which is that 
Activision had enough time to compile 200 pages of information to file a 13-page motion and that that belies the concept of an emergency. So the court is being asked to use its equitable powers, an ex parte motion, emergency motions, extreme powers, and the DFEH says, well, Activision shouldn't get that because this isn't that kind of setting. But know what the DFEH also says. We're going to read this last paragraph from this section in their opposition. Granting a stay would dramatically injure the rights of the department and the hundreds of Activision employees it seeks to help in this litigation. Through this action, the department seeks to secure remedies for the hundreds of individuals who were harassed, discriminated against, and retaliated against on the basis of sex by Activision in recent years. A stay of any kind would simply derail the state's important efforts to collect evidence and pursue claims to make these individuals whole. Therefore, Activision's attempt to fabricate an emergency through its ex parte application must be rejected. Good so far, right? Everything we've seen from quotes from the department says, hey, this is meritless, this is baseless, we shouldn't have to deal with it. But note how this finishes. If Activision wishes to get enough information to determine whether a motion is truly worth the court's time, it can do so through the normal discovery process. If it then chooses to assert these arguments based on actual evidence, it can do so on a normal noticed motion with all parties and the court getting the benefit of full briefing. And that's correct. What kind of goes between the lines? Not that any of this reporting or headlines is wrong here. This isn't an instance of me calling out bad journalism. This is all accurate. It's just a little bit incomplete. Is that this was a special motion and the court denying that special motion doesn't mean that Activision couldn't bring it again. It just means that they have to play by the rules and continue with the normal processes for the time being. So one of the questions that was posed to me by a number of folks that reached out to me is what happens from here? And the answer is, we don't know. We don't know the nature of this hearing that was actually had. We don't know what the court might have said. They might have indicated, look, Activision, we're never going to go for this. If it's a conflict of interest, it's between the department and the EEOC, and you should just let it lie. This isn't ever going to work for us. That might be the kind of thing, the subtext that is conveyed by the court, and Activision ultimately just drops it and proceeds as if this never happened. But if it was mostly a judgment based on the fact that, hey, this is an emergency. If you want to go figure something out, you can do it through the normal discovery process. And if there is a problem, you can bring it up to us then. Then Activision is essentially going to play the rest of this out for the time being under protest. They filed this document. They think there might be an issue. They're going to go look for specific answers to these questions that they have about what conflict might exist, how they might have been harmed by it. And they're going to collect that and they're going to bring a normally briefed motion, which is a little bit longer process. It's a little bit more official and it's not on this emergency basis. Nothing in a denial like this prevents them from bringing another motion on the same or similar concept just through normal motion procedures. So that might happen. Activision Blizzard, as we mentioned, already appears to have gotten some kind of extension. If we go back to a tweet from Stephen Totillo that talked about what Activision Blizzard had done as of late September, you see that they filed a declaration that says, hey, we're going to file a demurrer. We tried to set up a call, a consult with the DFEH. They didn't make themselves available. And by statute, we get the right to extend our deadline for the demurrer until October 22nd, 2021. Now, if you're listening to this on the day that I make it, it's October 25th, 2021. We don't have that demurrer document. 
And the demurrer is interesting in and of itself because as a concept, the demurrer is not an answer. It's not what we've been reading in Epic versus Apple or some of the other litigation that we've gone through. It's a document that instead says something that you complained about, California, doesn't actually even reach the level of an illegal act. And you should correct that. And that's why there's this consult process is usually the parties can get together, Activision can say, hey, let's not go through all this. Here's what we think you actually need to say in order to make a complaint against us in X, Y, or Z. They amend their original complaint and everything goes on. And then Activision answers that amended complaint because the department didn't make itself available on a timely basis, at least as attested to by Activision here. Then Activision gets that extension to file its demurrer. And that demurrer is presumably the document we are waiting for which honestly I might not do a video on because it's unlikely to be too terribly exciting. It's more likely to be technical legal issues about the way California is saying certain things. I'll check it out. And if it is exciting, I will, of course, let you know. But Activision didn't file this. They clearly got some kind of background extension from the court for filing. And that pushes things out further and further. So one thing to note about Activision's strategy here is that they appear to be doing just about everything in their power to move their answer back and back and back. Even when they file a demurrer, they don't owe an answer for some time after that's filed. And so this is going to get pushed definitely into November, I would say, and potentially even farther. You don't have to like it, but that's the way this legal process kind of works. The other side of this that I just want to mention before kind of leaving off with you is that it's important to note that Activision Blizzard versus the state of California is not the same as Activision Blizzard versus the EEOC. And this entire issue arose in a different court, in a different context, when the EEOC directly accused these lawyers of being in conflict and in violation of the California rules of professional conduct. That situation still has yet to be resolved. And we don't know what's going to happen there, but certainly... If it's not resolved easily, there could be evidence that comes out of that situation that Activision Blizzard can once again kind of glom onto and potentially use to either bring an ex parte application or a different, more fully briefed motion in this particular case. So you'll want to keep your eyes on EEOC versus Activision as well as this case, two separate cases that gets lost in some of the reporting and see what happens there whether or not California drops it and just allows the EEOC settlement, whether something else happens, because it all kind of informs this process. So what do we know right now? We know that the court said no to the emergency pause. Activision is going to have to proceed as if nothing is wrong for at least the time being. And whether or not they pursue this further is going to be a question for Activision. As we saw, the department said, hey, if you want to brief this fully, that's fine. We think you're wrong. They gave their answers as to why that is, some of which were maybe more compelling than others. But if Activision wants to bring this, there's nothing preventing them from using a more formalistic legal process. And I promised you a short video today. Sometimes I can bring them in under 20 minutes. Again, if you do love this content, if you think it provides you value, please consider checking out our Patreon, Tavern Keeper, Dragon Girl, Falcus, Vipus, and Nord have already done that for the month of October, and I could not be more grateful. Otherwise, if you just want to subscribe, tell your friends, upvote, downvote, talk to folks about virtual legality, believe me, I am super grateful for that as well. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.
Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.